The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottled, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Today, our guest is Adam Humphreys. Adam, who runs Making 8, has been in the search marketing industry for 20 years, and he enjoys technical search engine optimization and e-commerce the most. You'll often find him speaking at digital marketing conferences or events or in several of the social groups in the digital marketing industry that we tend to loiter in. He loves to share experiences and help others. Um, he's currently focused on the medical industry, which he's discovered is a perfect fit culture-wise for a technical SEO who loves attention to detail. As I mentioned, he runs his own agency called Making 8 based in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today's topic is going to be technical SEO. So Adam, thanks for joining us. So, so before we dive into, I know what's on everyone's mind right now is this new Core Web Vitals page experience update, which I know you and I have a lot yeah. to talk about with it. Um, I think it's important as, as people start thinking about technical search engine optimization that um, they have to know, well, one, of course, it's not the end all. If your content is not great, no no, mad, no amount of technical SEO is going to help that content to perform well long term. might help you get to the top quickly, but as Google figures out that that page wasn't very helpful, eventually it'll go away. Same thing with off-page signals. If you're not paying attention to you know, earning uh, links and mentions and becoming a prominent um, name in, in the area of the keyword that you're you know, wanting to become semantic for, um, there's just no longevity in it. So the technical piece is, is super important to making sure Google can crawl and index and, and rank your, your website. Uh, but it's, it's part of a bigger picture of content and off page. And one of the things I think um, is, a, is a place to start when you're thinking about technical SEO, and Adam, tell me if I'm wrong, is, is the areas of security, privacy, accessibility, page speed, and mobile friendliness. I think those are areas that are, are the, the high level. Are we looking at and improving those areas of technical SEO, which I think, I think the Core Web Vitals is a, is a part of that, right? With page speed and, um, and mobile friendliness, I think that plays the a big best role practices. in it, right? And frankly, you're not even going to get a page speed insight score without having enough visitors because visitors are the premise of getting that score. You won't get a true score without enough it visitors won't. coming to your site. How do you get that? You have to have great content. You have to have good links. You have to have good networking, which is your links to your website. All those things are massive and paramount to being successful. But if you don't even have your site updated, Absolutely. over 50% of them aren't, how are you going to show up right. on Google? Like you're going to have all this deprecated code. I literally updated someone's site recently, exponential growth. He went from a non-responsive site to having a mobile-friendly site. All we did is hit update. That's it. Very right. simple, right? That's simple. And it's it's funny when I when I think about some of the things like security. And security, I think, is important not just because Google's made sure they know that HTTPS is yeah. a ranking signal, but also because I haven't clicked a link once that I've seen I've seen in Google search result where it says this site may harm yeah. your computer. Right? I've never once clicked on it. And and for those who have, when they do. The Chrome browser will come up with this big red screen saying, warning, the site could harm your computer uh, because the site just didn't have their code up to date and they got compromised. And 
or it's using an old version of the content management system and hasn't been updated. So that's that's more uh, that's worse than you know going down in the rankings is having people just not click you at all because your your listing has a a warning disclaimer under it. I think that's kind of a kind of a no brainer. It's, it's right? absolutely a no brainer. It's the number one thing that I see mm -hmm. is that sites aren't secure. They're not updated. They're running old code. Uh, WordPress itself for a while, you know, you and I had talked about yeah. this. It had old JavaScript and everyone's like, mm -hmm. wow, you know, you need to add this. They recently added sitemaps, which were all just like, come on guys, like step it up. So, you know, the part of why we even exist is because so many of these technologies, right. they're not streamlined into it. You know, people think, oh, if I just add Yoast, my site's just going to be ranking number one and everything's going to be happy. Right. And then they don't update their Yoast and later on an older version that they're using exactly. gets hacked. Exactly. Yeah. I can tell you there was a point last year when we were working with a client where we were so close to just suggesting going with static. You know, remembering the days of static HTML where our code was 100 rows, you know, just a few divs and, uh, you know, uh, H1 and some, some very basic, um, you know, uh, HTML. And our pages would load in like a fraction of a fraction of a second. Um, but uh, but the challenge there is that when you hand it off, the client now has to figure out how they're going to make updates. And, you know, without using a content management system like Shopify or WordPress, most businesses aren't going to be able to make changes to their site without having to reach out to a, a programmer or web developer. Yeah. So Your it's, navigational venues and, and all that, they're like, it's just brutal. Like I don't miss hand coding websites. Like that's how I started. I started out. <laughs> I miss it. I used to love doing that. I would, I would draw it out on like on a, on a flight somewhere. I'd be all the boxes on my little journal. And I was like, are you building websites again? I'm like, no, I'm just coming up with ideas. <laughs> you don't miss it, those it days. It was fun, but it was never efficient. When you had to make updates to the navigation yeah. and stuff, you had to go in that JavaScript and go through all your different pages yep. and make sure everything was you know, cohesive and yeah, like mm -hmm. I appreciate it, but I feel like I've got enough on the table now with all these Google updates, like 500 <laughs> plus updates a year. Sure. You need to keep up with it, right? It's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on there for sure. I know um, we were talking before the call about the, the old days, how we went from table-based design to CSS and how fast it made our, our websites and ways that we can, you know, try to make our site faster for any type of user. And a lot of mobile users are in places where the Wi-Fi is just really low. So those the speed updates, not just to make sure the page loads fast, it's to make sure that those people who are on, you know, horrible Wi-Fi connections can still get that content, you know, as, as efficiently as possible. And it's sad, but a lot of designers still like to, to you know, showboat their, their design skills. And while it's great, you know, they, they cause these huge load times on these poor mobile users um, you know, devices. And it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of like those, those days are over, right? And everyone's trying to find ways to kind of hack it by using, we, we talked about Nitro Pack and Cloudflare to, you know, create cache versions. But when the reality is you, you just don't need all that extra code, you don't need those sliders and carousels and, and groovy little things that, that make the site, um, you know, do some fun functionality. People don't care. They just want to get what they need and have a, a, a very simple, fast, delightful experience there's no right? replacement for a lean website you know we add on all these plugins and bloat and code and it just loads slow and that's not what users want yeah. they want something that's under you know according to google 2.5 seconds right 
and then they can see it literally yeah. just go tapering off. And yeah. all these add-ons that people are adding with the, and, and I know you know this with the animations and whatnot, they aren't adding any value yeah. to the website. You know, people aren't, aren't getting excited because they see sliders. Tim Ash has taught us this over a decade. You know, stop adding yep. stuff to the lizard distracted brain. People don't want to see things going across <laughs> the screen. It's going to take away from your messaging. And uh, I got it. Great got book, book, by the way. Yep. Uh, props to Tim. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed his book. Learned some things in there as well. Uh, studied psychology, post-secondary. So... Uh, to learn something from your peers, that's yep. that's a wonderful thing, especially as it applies to the web. And um, yeah, man, like without page speed, without great content, without updates, without security, these are fundamental best practices. And it's just astonishing to me that when I see, you know, these people that are at really popular SEO conferences saying things like, don't index your code. What? Like block, block your code? That's... That's a no-no. You need to allow Google to crawl your code. And I think Matt Cutts actually said that in a video. He said, please don't block your uh, JavaScript and style sheets from being crawled. We don't we don't put them in search results like we did in, in 2001, right? So and let I us crawl. I heard this recently from that. a guy who speaks a very prominent uh, SEO conference in Las Vegas who I won't reference. Okay. And, and then uh, the, another thing he said, use tables like, and I'm like, well, yeah, use tables, right? Like in CSS. No, no, classic tables. I'm like, well, what, HTML3? Is that is that because you, you want to get the table to show up as a featured snippet instead of just using... Uh, so you can market? completely still do it properly. You can do it in your CSS. Mm. You can structure it properly. You can add schema. You can do your snippets. There's nothing preventing. Yeah. Using broken code, why? You're just going to slow down your site when that browser... Do you know what a table would look like on mobile? Off the screen. That's silly. I can't believe he's recommending Scrolling. that. That's strange. Literally, you have to scroll side to side on your phone to find it. And so, you know, oh you God. have to be very careful about who we take advice from. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to page speed, like, I remember learning this from Ian Larry over a decade ago. And before we had... Yeah. You know the cloud flares and and other things so readily available we're just trying to sh shave off seconds just because and now if you don't have it your site's not showing up and you know in a tiebreaker situation it's you or them what a simple thing to do to have a light theme yep. because you didn't add a bunch of giant pictures what's the point fast is good yeah, I love that there's so many free user testing programs out there too. And some some site owners get caught up in getting users to test their site only. And I've, I've seen some actual pretty savvy uh, digital marketers actually get people to test both their site and their competitors and then compare the two. And that to me, and we, we did this with uh, Mechanical Turk even, we asked a thousand people, which of these three pages provides the best experience for you and why? You know, and, and probably 40% of those answers were useless, but the other actually helped. We were able to theme up the reasons why someone chose Lowe's over Jacuzzi or Home Depot over Jacuzzi. And it was great to be able to, to see what real people thought of a page and not just, you know, following a checklist, you know, in, in an audit somewhere, but getting real people to 
participate. They, that's exactly right. They say your best advice comes from just watching a regular person navigate through your website, say, find this, find that. What did you like about it? What didn't you like? What do you like about these sites at the competitors? I find most businesses are so focused on talking about themselves rather than talking about the intent of the searcher. What does that searcher want? Yeah, what the person's looking what, for. That's what SEO is. SEO is finding content and solving problems for users. And, and SEOs too, they find themselves too often caught on these checklists. Checklists are great. We need checklists. But beyond that, is this the best content possible? Does this absolutely solve the problem? Am I the last page that you know people visit? Or are they going to search at other people's pages after? Because if they are, chances are you're going to drop in the search rate. And, and you don't want to. Yep. Over time, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. So you, you and I always um, kind of get a, a chuckle out of some of the things that web designers and developers do. What are what are some of the things that, that absolutely Slider. drive you nuts when you're looking at technical Sliders, uh, just uh, like, like, I don't know why the, the designers do this. They build you a beautiful site, okay? It might even be custom code. They might be very, very talented. And it looks great. It looks cool. Things are moving around and stuff. But then it's loading really slow. Uh, they completely abandon after they've built it. There's no maintenance after the fact. They don't think about asking mm -hmm. the owner uh, if they want to pay 300 bucks a year, which all of them are. I've never heard a single yeah. owner say, hey, I won't pay a couple hundred year, dollars a year to update my plugins. Peace of mind. Yeah. Nobody is doing this. Over 50% of WordPress sites, if you Google the stats on the current versions out there, over 50% mm -hmm. aren't updated. And I bet you if you ask the typical business owner if their site's being updated and if they've been in there and recently checked it in the last quarter, most will say no. Right. They're not updated. Yeah, we've been trying to encourage our clients to log in once a week to Search Console and Bing Webmaster Tools just to just to flip through all the different tabs and make sure nothing crazy is going on and to log into their website, make sure all of their you know core updates and plugins are up to date. And if they're a local business, to log into their Google My Business just to check the hours and maybe upload a recent picture. Just do something where they're they're going through and making sure the data is you know up to date. Just those those three things. It's like go to your Google My Business, make sure everything is good to go, log into it, go to your your website admin panel and make sure everything's up to date, and then log into Google Search Console and flip through some of the different features that are in there. It doesn't take more than ten minutes a week. To do it and it could save you so much time and money if that site gets you know corrupted or broken or compromised so you're right i don't i don't know why businesses don't just take a few minutes maybe they just think hey once i create it it's there forever and we're fine no. you know but the no. reality is it's far from the there, truth right? i would say every week to two weeks you're gonna face four to five updates on an even lower plugin site because the core plugins that everyone is using are frequently updated. They're updating for security. They're updating for improvement. They're updating for Google, especially they're updating for the users. And if Google makes a change and you don't update just from hitting a button, by the way, there's an auto update mm -hmm. feature um, that works sometimes like yeah. most hosts have them, right? WP engine has it, I think, and um, SiteGround has it. So it'll update for you. Plugins and and they'll send you an email if something didn't update Wordfence for some reason. Does that? Wordfence yeah. will notify you, which I use on all my right. sites. It's free; mm -hmm. everyone can use it, and it updates you when 
something needs to be updated, it'll tell you the number of people trying to get into your site, which by the way, is absolutely phenomenal. How many people are trying to break into any given site on any given day algorithmically. And then you can see the the intent of they're actually literally trying to physically hack into your WordPress site, whether they want it for backlink profile for their customer, or they're trying to do some Mm -hmm. phishing, phishing, all of it. There's so many scams out there. That's the scariest thing in the world, Adam, when you log into your web server and you see this folder that's new and you go into that folder and there's like 8,000 files that are self-generating URLs of fake bank pages. I saw that once the first time I looked at a, a potential client's site and I'm like, you need more than an SEO person. You need a whole new website. There's nothing we can do to help you. You've been hacked beyond belief. You know, I've so inherited scary. websites where they have all these, like they were tendering projects with the government. Okay. And your history okay. that even if your site is fixed, you still have to go back to all those antivirus companies and remove yourself and say, Hey, this is fixed because those sites won't come back and scan you again to see if you're fixed. They just assume that it's like that perpetually. Yep. So every single visitor that has McAfee in particular, um, they won't come back to your site. So security yep. is paramount. And even if you go to some of those, uh, site fix websites where they remove the malware, they don't necessarily take you off those lists. Security, right? Is that one of the big ones? And they don't necessarily remove you from the list. Uh, I've had industry peers where I've come in for agencies. I fixed their website and we've looked into it and they said they will fix it. Not necessarily the case, unfortunately, which I was astonished. Like this is part of their trademark. I get, I guess not. So, uh, owners need to make security a priority. They need to make content. We're talking, we're talking 10 minutes, right? It takes 10 minutes to log in and, and, you know, and, and check things, you, and make an you update. Quick update on the top and it goes down the list. Then you go to themes, you click update and it's done as well. And if you have WordPress, it'll notify you when it's happening, they it needs an update. And there's an auto update feature. It'll notify you when all those updates are going through. Man, you can save yourself so much money. And you know, another thing is ADA compliance. Let's let's talk about that. And, and yeah, the accessibility part. We've been pushing that quite a bit because that's that's a lawsuit waiting to happen if you haven't paid attention to, it. especially if you're a larger brand. I mean, those people that are purposefully surfing through the internet, trying to find sites mm-hmm. that are accessible just so they could sue you and they can. And, and it's and best practices. If you go through Google and you compare what is ADA compliance and you run the scanners, it's things like labeling your pictures. Well, isn't that the decent thing to do to help the visually impaired understand what your images are about or, yeah. uh, well, I, I am G 001. I see that everywhere and I'm like, guys, come on. Yeah. It takes you no time to do this, but people mm-hmm. don't know or, or it isn't in their contract. And, and it's time that, you know, we all got on board with it being in medical, especially like I'm very attentive to this because I know that legal and medical are the two industries that are getting hit the hardest. They're, they're literally seeking them out. They're trying to find their websites that are being, uh, scanned with ADA compliance and they're suing them. It's, 
And it, it, sometimes it's something that might seem really silly. Like maybe you've got a video and even though you've got captions, you didn't caption the, the moments where just music is playing by just putting music playing. Just the simplest little thing could be something that triggers an ADA you know, compliance issue. So from fonts, font sizes, uh, overlaying text on images, you know, all sorts of little things. That wave accessibility tool is pretty fun to, to test with, but I know there's so much more that, that business owners can do to really pay attention to it. I love when I see a site that has a little handicap uh, tab on it and you can click it and it gives you a bunch of accessibility options. You know, I feel like that's super helpful for a person to know right away, hey, I can actually have a better experience when I, I click this button. Um, you know, and it's even got all the compliancy things in there. I think that's a great way to kind of show people we care. You know, we've, we've got a, a handicap ramp, you know, at our business. You know, it's it's something that says, you know, that, that we're paying attention and we're listening. So for the visually impaired and the hearing impaired and all that, you mm -hmm. know, one of the things I was looking at when I saw that, the thing that the SEO in the back of my mind, I thought, I wonder if for all those duplicate pages, you know, think about it. You've got millions of pages and then you've got this little icon, which is duplicating all those pages all over again. What is yeah. that doing for their SEO? Are they no following this? I started looking right. at that and it was like the print thing. A lot of people weren't. So it's something that SEO Interesting. So they're getting, they're causing all sorts of duplicate content problems by not putting a no index tag. That's, or that's like exactly that. it. Like you need to treat it like a print page where Google, mm. you know, comes out with some sort of format that says, you know, it says Google's fairly good at knowing what is what, but, you know, let's talk about canonicalization, all the duplicates and, and just owning your own website and how many businesses we've seen that don't even own all the variations of their website, the HTTP, the HTTP, www dot, then you add the S to that, you got four variations right there. And the redirects. We had a client that wasn't actually using the WW prefix. It was a 404. And we were just like, Will you please redirect. <laughs> it's like the silliest little thing. I'm you know? still so. seeing that. And I'm astonished that the best practices aren't there. And I'm astonished more so that Google hasn't. They're, they literally say, if your server supports having the different variations, then grab all the variations. The reason why we want to grab all the variations is so that we can submit our sitemap, which shows the correct version of that website and puts mm -hmm. it in. Speaking of which, uh, you know, talking about WP Rocket and PageSpeed, yeah. it will actually remove some of your code, push it to the bottom that redirects your uh, correct canonical version to the bottom. So you really got to watch for that. All these people are installing WP Rocket right now. And they're thinking, oh, I install this, I check mark everything, and everything's going to work perfect. No. Same with Nitro Pack. Do you, do you think do you think developers are doing these things just to kind of tick off SEOs? Because you, you know, all of them at some point have come in contact with a search engine optimization specialist who's given them specific requirements and criteria. Do you think some of them are just so agitated by them that they purposefully do things just to kind of tick us off like even even today i still see the logo wrapped in h1 tags and it's like really really and i know it's not that big of a deal from a ranking signal standpoint it's more of a new uh you know <laughs> being a nuisance but uh but sometimes i feel like like site designers they just they just do not like 
SEO people, regardless of how much it could help their client to generate revenue and sales, they just they just do it to try to tick us off. Do you feel like that too? Sometimes? I think it's a part lethargy where they're just mm. burnt out or whatever. They're trying to make all these yeah. changes to really, you know, personally having worked in code and stuff, making some of these changes on their own to already hack the parts sites. Sometimes I say, guys, start over. It is okay to migrate your website and start over. It's often more cost effective for the client. I don't always communicate mm -hmm. that, but I think a lot of times starting from scratch, just don't hack the heck out of a, a botched site. There's no point. Right. It's going to be old JavaScript libraries in there. And, and as soon as you click the update button, the whole site breaks again. So it's just better to start on a new no more app. Uh, clean site. No more app. I agree. Amps, yeah. Say goodbye to app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard. Yeah, the accelerated mobile pages. I heard with uh, some of these new updates that are coming are specifically to allow webmasters to still get um, you know, into news feeds and other things without having to use the accelerated mobile pages um, language, which is great. You know, it's, it's nice that, uh, you know, that we have some variation and that they're not discriminating in sites that decide they don't want to use AMP. If your page is fast enough, you know, why why should I have to use AMP if my page already loads just as fast? do really want that you know? big, ugly usability thing that says Google on the top? Google content or it's whatever it content. is. Yeah, it was never their content. It's our content. And I want them going yeah. and clicking around on my website, not necessarily Google's website. You know, and that that is a yeah. controversy into itself. Well, I have, I have a really hard question for you. Why? Why is it that those people who develop and build some of the world's most used CMS systems don't build in SEO by default? when the whole reason people have websites is to market their business, why doesn't WordPress and Joomla and some of these other CMS systems, Drupal and so forth, already have SEO fields and XML sitemaps pre-built in? Why do we have to keep using plugins? Is it is it the developer community that, that's in awe with each other or what's, what's the story the there? The supposition you know? that I've heard over decades too now um, is that Google has artificial intelligence and then they're spectacular at finding contents and they are, but it's not necessarily the right content. And it's, if it's not framed properly yeah. and you're not doing all those things, it didn't just end up there. Uh, it wasn't luck. You know, there was a lot of work involved to, to get it to that top ranking. <laughs> Yeah, like like we said in the intro, you and I have been in this for twenty years. A long time. You know, some of the stuff was built a long time ago. So we've yeah. seen all these changes in a in a and we're seeing the repeating patterns. You know, what is it gonna take for best practices to become important? And I think Google has sort of addressed this themselves and said, Okay, we're gonna have to make it part of our algorithm so that we can get the bare minimum. Um you know, it's it's Easy to clicks, throw a plugin, you can get a you know a 90 plus on desktop. You try to do that on sure. on uh, mobile. It's like you said, there was four percent of websites out there that can nail on those scores. That was a couple of weeks ago. I saw that statistic when everyone's kind of panicking over this big update we'll be talking about. Is uh, is that only four percent or so of websites are even prepared for it? And I feel like probably of that three percent are using a, a hack and um, you'd, you'd mentioned this, this nitro pack thing that we use is sort of a way of cloaking, There's, right? 
there's articles so. around the, the the methodology and ways that NitroPack handles stuff, and I'm like, you know what, NitroPack, I like them. I like the company. I don't have any problem with the people there. You know, I even looked at an agency situation. But in the back of my mind, I'm looking at all these articles and I'm looking at all their findings and I'm going, yes, we're deferring everything, the largest contentful paint. This could be a really big issue down the road if we don't address the fact that this site, maybe we can get by for a a few weeks until Google rolls an update. And and then NitroPack holds the whole world hostage, essentially, because of that that one Google update. So let's let's segue into that now. We talked about some of the pet peeves that we have with how sites are misdeveloped sometimes. And we talked about, you know, best practice. But this new core web vitals update, which was originally going to be May and now it's maybe June, um, is something that's got the whole, you know, webmaster community kind of up in arms like oh my god we've got to rush to try to do something we've been already trying to do for the last decade is get our websites down to be you know as fast as they possibly can be and and also provide a better user experience to mobile users which mobile has been something google's been beating us up on since 2014 so you know it's it's been long enough right seven years and now when we go to our website and we're on our mobile device if a if the user's about to click on something after they, they navigate to the site and all of a sudden yeah. it moves, it's like, oh, great, now I got to figure out where I was and figure out what to click. And and then there was this thing you mentioned, the, you know, the uh, contentful paint. You want to yeah, talk Yeah, the largest about that? contentful paint. You want to be under 2.5 seconds. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to hit all three variables. What does that mean, though? Largest, is that a word that they came up with, contentful that's, that's paint? Ridiculous. Is ridiculous. That... Yeah, it's a Google thing, right? I don't, I've, I've never heard that until they, they mentioned this page experience You go to update. Google Page Insights. I personally love web.dev uh, forward slash measure because yeah. it gives you a Lighthouse like export. <laughs> now, Lighthouse gives you that whole page of breakdowns, and it gives you the best practices. You know, you got too big of gaps in here. My favorite is when it says your SEO is 100 or something on your page, and you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it, it has an H1 tag on it and you have content below it, but maybe you're completely irrelevant <laughs> to the topic on page. That's internal linking and inbound linking and uh, relevancy and time and yeah, click through rates and all sorts of stuff that play a role in SEO. You're right. That is a little bit misleading that they put a, a score in there for SEO. But, it, but it, the, the premise of it is that the overall largest part of your site loads in a certain amount of time and you know okay. you get your initial and you can see it it prints progressively on that timeline you can see all the captioned uh images of your mobile experience as it loads up and you know using some of these plugins we assume that they're better and if we check mark everything it's it's automatically going to load faster when in fact that's not necessarily all the, always the case sometimes the best fix is literally just switching out your theme and it's funny, you know, there's over the years, let's say the last decade, there'll, there'll be all these comparisons, the fastest premium themes, they're getting paid. We know they're affiliates. The fastest one is a, is a raw text file, straight up, no images, no nothing. So the default WordPress theme is actually remarkably fast. And if I was a business owner and I had zero budget, that's enough, throw some images, um, you know, talking about best practices and page speed, embedding images, Google has recently told us we're not indexing the background images. So 
there's a layering uh, methodology that you can use so it will still index. You can still do ADA compliance best practices. And then just lazy load that other image. And so the user still sees it after a couple of seconds, but it's not something that should impact your. Absolutely. Your and WordPress has started to do that. And, and one of the things, you know, you talked about um, images and stuff migrating around the pages. They did that because yeah. the news websites, they'd load those ads. Well, all of a sudden you go to the top of the page again, right? So yeah. good experiences for customers. We don't need so there, there are three areas, right? Three areas for the, the new core web vitals. The, the first, the largest content full pane is it refers to the largest uh, part of your site and how fast you can load it of your page and how fast you can load it. Right. right. So you don't want to bloat a pig of a website. You don't want large elements. <laughs> bloated pig. Of a, I love that. You, I've never you heard that. You don't before. want to bloat a pig. <laughs> you, you can't have okay. people coming to your website. And I actually had this with a boat dealership where we had five different dealerships and I said, look, your images are the largest part of your site. They account for the largest segments of your load time. And if you really want to speed it up, just use some compression. Your images will still look wonderful. Resize them. We used to use Smush. Was it Smush? WP Smush. So WP Rocket, uh, which I really recommend. Um, you can get Imageify with it. It allocates so much with it. Another industry recommended one is ShortPixel. Those are the top two ones I recommend. So Imageify, ShortPixel, it compresses your images. It puts them in WebP, which by the way is accepted on pretty much everybody's phones. Finally, yeah, forever. it took forever. Forever, yeah. and I was doing it even before. Days of P PNGs and GIFs and JPEGs are dying as we start to use more of that. Uh... And people were worried about, oh, you know, if you change the, the format of a JPEG or a PNG to a WebP, you know, it won't index or whatever. But if people aren't coming to your website, who cares? Like, make it faster. Half, half the images I feel like I click on now, graphic-wise, in Google my uh, Google Images are exactly that. They're the WebP files. So I'm, I'm not worried about them being indexed. I feel like most of the ones that I'm trying to borrow from for presentations or whatever um, are all already that format. So I don't know why they think they're not getting indexed because they're, they're there. They're, they're everywhere, everywhere and it makes such a good yeah. user experience. You know, I don't worry about the search engine. I'm worried about the user because the last page that person goes to, Google's going to base their their search engine around the user, you know, if you're continuously going to other pages because there's a, a certain image that doesn't load a certain way, that's ridiculous. Do what's best for the visitor and meet them halfway. And that's what we've done. But, you know, to hit those 2.5 second scores, that is not easy. It is something that you and I and everyone in our industry has been working on for since the start, frankly. It's hard. It's hard with CMSs like right. um, like WordPress because you've got all these different scripts that run. Some from plugins, some from part of mm -hmm. WordPress. You know, there's all these scripts that have to to play a role, and some of them are even in your Google Tag Manager and need to be delayed a few seconds. And you know, there's it's a lot. It's like back in the old days, we just put everything into .js and .css. But with these, you know, new CMS systems, you've you've got you know all these other codes that come into play, and they, Google's always recommending you know that you you combine 
JavaScript. Nope. So I'm like, well, these aren't my JavaScript do plugins. And you don't want to combine them anymore yeah. because of HTTP2 crawling. Um, for a while, you know, and it, it says combine, and it's it's really annoying because you're not really sure. Here, here's a big thing for most people: a lot of these testing tools, they'll say, you know, your site's loading this much faster. What are they crawling with? Are they using HTTP2 to crawl your website? Are they grabbing all the little incremental tiny pieces with the browser? How are they crawling it to to arrive at the speed you have? It was only a few months ago that they announced, Google announced that they're using HTTP2 now so to crawl, right? It's only best practices would no longer be to necessarily combine everything. Um, there are instances mm -hmm. where you do. It's a thing you've got to test and see what's best for the end user. Sometimes it's faster when they're combined. Sometimes it's not. You combine certain things and not other things. Uh, but they, and then you go to update code because you're using and a, a CMS. And, and then it breaks. <laughs> and that's the biggest challenge. Like I've, I've seen really beautiful themes where everything just worked perfect. And I've showed you it and it, and it loads in a one second or less, 0.6 seconds. And they're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And then they update the plugin and, it, and it'll do something like uh, remove all um, unused code and it'll automatically do it without your authorization and all your sites are loading yeah. slower. So it, owners oh, and, and developers absolutely cannot just set it and walk away. It, it requires some monitoring and visiting your website once in a while to make sure that your customers are served. But you wouldn't just get dressed in a suit once in a year and walk away or, or worse once in, in three years and then never change your suit. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, uh, a few people out there that would with the same t-shirt every single day, but it's boring to the customers. We need to give them something to come back to. We need to continually improve and really understand the intent of that person. And, you know, with that, obviously improve our speed. So, I like I like to remind people to to create some specific KPIs with the developers and say, hey, by the end of this year, um, this is where I'd like to see us in terms of our page speed, in terms of our um, uh, conversion rates, in terms of of other technical SEO attributes, and then every month just get a pulse. How close are we getting to hitting those goals? That way, that way, every month the developers and the content writers and the off-page folks. Um, stay accountable to that that annual goal and have a nice little percentage of where they are toward hitting it um, instead of it, you know, because time can go by like this and you blink your eyes and it's been eight or nine months and now all of a sudden everyone's in a mad rush to hit their annual goal. So I think doing the, just a quick little pulse uh, with each group. How's it going with our page speed? How are you improving it? What's what's the scoop? Have you been logging into Search Console every week? And the writers, hey, have you have you looked at your content's performance and analytics and search console to see, you know, if it's improving in terms of its keyword rank and average position and the number of search terms that are appearing off page person. Hey, have you been keeping an eye on where our competitors are getting links to their version of the page that we want to rank in the search results and and making sure that the pages that we uh, that we have earned links from are staying up? Uh, I think um, that's right. It's it's it is more of a of a journey than a destination. I think with SEO and a lot of business owners think it's a technical, you know, one and done, and it's it's just no. not the reality of it anymore. Maybe back in two thousand three, oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> it, was a, it was a beautiful time to be on on the internet, and you, 
Uh-huh. Oh, I miss the drop shadows and the animated gifs and the and the scrolling marquees. So, yeah. Absolutely, that was a that was a fun time, you know. Um, but it's all about uh-huh. you know what you and I talk about with everyone that we teach and talk to, our customers and yeah. accountability. We make ourselves accountable with these checklists because in the end they're gonna they're gonna look at it after and they're gonna say, did he do this or did she do this and it makes them accountable as well when you set a date and a timeline. So having those KPIs and those kickstart meetings, the most time I initially spend is just interviewing the customer to understand their intent and their goals because their websites often don't reflect their goals. They're, they're, they're talking about themselves. They might have, you know, run of the mill content that every single one of their competitors have. What are you doing different? What are you doing to solve for the customer, are you doing more than saying buy it now? So, yeah. and are you watching what the competitor is doing? I, I worked with one storage brand that every month in their little PowerPoint report, they would look at the competitor's current page and compare it to the previous month and identify what's different. Do they change a button? Do they have a new offer? Um, Do they remove some functionality? Do they switch from an open map to a Google map? You know, what are those differences that they're testing? And then see if they stick. And if they stick, it might be something that we want to try as well. Adam, there are two other of the core web vitals, right? We had the largest content full paint. What are those other two that that we need to pay attention to? And do you feel like the the largest content full paint is probably the most important of those? I mean, I would absolutely say that it's the biggest part of it. I mean, like page speed insights, like I'm just going to pull it up here because they're doing so many different things lately that I'm just enamored uh-huh. with the results. I'm going to pull up the client here. I, I love in, in Google search console. Now we've been navigating to that whole page experience tab and you know, the, the new block that they have in there around those core web vitals is super helpful. It's like, it's right there now, clear and present. You know, we didn't have that a year ago. It's nice to be able to, to see all of the elements of page speed there, right? We've got all, all four blocks. And then the one that seems to be the one that has the most problems across all the sites we look at is that core web vitals. So it's really, uh, it's great that they put page experience um, as a feature of Search Console. And it's great that now the core web vitals is a, you know, is a part of that. Absolutely. So largest content full paint, cumulative, cumulative layout shift. There we go. We can speak English today. Um, you know, <laughs> like people don't want to have things moving around. Google doesn't want your site to move up and down with every ad refresh, which I see absolutely everywhere. And, and I see that in navigations too, Adam, where you'll you'll mouse over a, a sub navigation, and then all of a sudden the font will move up and push something down because the font moves to two rows in the navigation block. You know, so when it does that, then it, it shifts and moves and frustrates you, and it just looks really WordPress weird. Does that. So I've seen WordPress that. does that by default. It's uh, deferring yeah. images now, so concurrent with Overflow. That's right. right. So on top of having these inherent things that WordPress didn't have, it's overlapping now. So you can actually select your images in the top, for example, and make them so they're not deferred. So you don't have that flat, that flash where it loads really weird. And then, then it loads up. That's why you're seeing that flash in the top. When it goes in the top, you should see that immediately for your content above the fold. You want to defer content below for whatever reason, WordPress was doing that to all images and you don't want to do that on top. Really annoying. It's just super annoying. 
and you think you think maybe oh crap the site's broken and all of a sudden it comes up and you're like okay i guess not <laughs> and, that, and that was a thing too like you know you talked about the three different elements they're all important you know the first contentful paint like is my content loading up can people read it you know these are somewhat superficial things because it's a tiebreaker situation too right um is it a great experience first does it answer the question is if your content's not amazing it doesn't solve for the intent and doesn't have the breakdown of relevance they're going to leave they're going to choose a competing result and you're going to die in the also search for is there other aspects that further delve into their other objections am i overcoming their objections right in the content am i breaking it down to internal linking where i'm linking to another question that they asked relevant to that topic and maybe even linking to my sales page where I'm driving traffic and making that a priority so it ranks higher. We've seen many times where you build up a lot of uh, people asked pages, ranking them, and then link to the primary page. And as a result, that now becomes competitive against multinationals, which is insane, but it works. I've actually, yeah, I've actually seen in the Rolex industry with one of our clients, their competitor would build up a really good upper funnel page and and get 100, 200 really fantastic mm-hmm. links to that page. And then they'll just 301 it to the actual sales page that they're trying to get uh, links to. And then they'll they'll dominate in the search mm-hmm. results. And I'm sure over time, those, you know, one, they're going to, Google might look at them as soft 404s if the content's not too similar. And two, the people who are linking are going to be like, yeah, you, you kind of tricked me. You know, and I don't want to link to you anymore because now I'm pointing to a sales page and not to a, uh, you know, a helpful page. But it's it's really interesting the way that that some, I don't want to call them savvy, but some some tricky SEOs will you know try to use technique uh, to game search results. And I don't feel like there's longevity to it. I don't know. It's it's weird. What was the other? What was the third of the core web vitals? So the cumulative layout shift, the first contentful paint. What was the third? So you've got first contentful paint. You got time to interactive, mm-hmm. speed index, total block. That's time, right, time to interact. Largest what is that? Contentful, cumulative. Those are the the lab data mm-hmm. that shows up in your feed, right? I don't. Okay. I know Google focuses on the three, but I like. Call me like a perfectionist, which I, I probably am. <laughs> I, I, I want to see all of it good. I want I want to see green. It, it should be green. The the. The largest contentful paint overall you want to see it loading under two seconds and you everyone will deceive us and say oh yeah i'm getting you know 90s on desktop okay cool yeah. very easily done and your mobile your is mobile for, is for <laughs> and frankly the plugins that they're using are are not really doing much you've gone from a 15 yeah. and now you're a 30. well you need to be like a 80, 90 plus, you know, to even knock on the door of tiebreaker situation. So here's the thing that I found when we improved, we improved a website 25.67%, their time on page over doubled. They were searching and navigating through the site immensely. Who cares about Google? I want the customer to buy things. That's why they're there. That's why all this stuff yeah. is. if they have a great experience they're going to stay they're going and that's what i focus on i'm not like these are and, and and i've had cuts with or conversations with 
uh, not cuts, fruity slip there, um, conversations with uh, Mueller about this. And he's like, when you get variable scores on refresh, he's saying this isn't the end all. It was never designed to be fully 100% accurate. It's not accurate. PageSpeed Insights is not 100% because I would assume that there's different nodes that are testing your speeds at different places. So without a context, and and you could have different load on your server at different times. There could be all sorts of variables. I've seen a 25 point spread by just sitting there and hitting refresh. And that is not reliable data. That is not reliable. So, so if you webmasters out there, never tell your clients about the lighthouse tool or they're going to see different scores and keep beating you up forever. And it's hard to explain to them that it's going to vary. My favorite thing that web hosts love to do about Lighthouse is they're sitting next to your server and they're like, well, I've got like this ridiculous score. Dude, you're sitting on top of my website. You're literally sitting on top of the box. (laughs) Under your seat is the server. Your scores are going to be through the roof. This is not a representation of of the visitor coming to your website. So um, beware of hosts that do that. They love to push that. I'm like, no, that that's not accurate. Let's look at some third party tools here. So CDNs was something we hadn't talked about. Um, it's it's a way that people can improve JavaScript, uh, embedding images. It just it's bad for SEO. Um, it, it slows things down and it doesn't index the images if it's in the background. So don't do it. Um, don't use a ton of JavaScript, which means in English, don't have tons of sliders, um, don't have unnecessary excessive functionality. Don't have unnecessary functionality. It's not, you know, used like Tim Ash has, has taught us that when we have sliders, we all thought they looked neat. Um, but we found out that people aren't clicking on them and they're kind of past, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not seeing it as much anymore on these major sites and, and it's probably largely because he went in there and said, stop doing this. He's worked with all the majors, yeah. the Costco's and mm-hmm. all the multinationals, the, the household names. Yep. So big things. I remember. So we, so we talked about best practices. We talked about speed, mobile friendliness, accessibility, security. I think we could probably throw privacy in there too, making sure we're paying attention to users privacy. Um, we, then we went through a little bit of the, the nuances of what developers will do sometimes, maybe to tick off SEOs, maybe they don't do anything like if they're building a CMS because they don't want to wage war with an older developer that doesn't believe in it. Um, and then maybe, um, you know, with this new core web vital, um, I think a lot of the, the business owners can go to their developers and say, hey, there's there's more that we could be doing. Um, and let's not let's not obsess over our page speed score, but instead let's focus our energy on on getting our the time on page and conversion rates up, and all of those might play in a you know a role in, in helping us to rank. Um, I think those are some really good ideas for for those folks that are looking at technical SEO of you know hey what what do I need to do? And I think if you're focused like you said on those areas and every month just improving upon it, there's no way that you're not going to continue to see growth as long as everyone's accountable, like you mentioned, and they have their eye on the ball. Um, I think over time, you're just going to continue to see growth in search. About, yeah, I absolutely agree. Let's talk about, you know, accountability. Accountability is having uh-huh. call tracking. If your number one metric on your website is getting phone calls, how hard is it to put call tracking on your website? 
it shocks to me that, you know, when I asked and I pulled the industry, what are you doing to call, you know, track your phone calls? Crickets. Just crickets. There was yeah. very few people that understood that you could track your phone calls and all these industries. And you can, you can even tag within the tracking, whether that phone call became a mm -hmm. customer, um, what the value of that, that particular call was. And then you can pull all that data back into your Google ads account and to anywhere else that mm -hmm. you're advertising so that you can get much more data driven uh, results and, and, and you compare analytics. Right. your improvements. Right. You can see that, oh, they're staying on this much longer and they're converting this much higher or, oh, this page isn't performing as well. It, people seem to like these features and these products more. That's really beneficial to clients and they can see which ads most importantly or which uh, content is converting into yeah. uh, sales actual customers. Nobody knows this yeah. stuff. And I'm oh, like, wow. how do you not have this as part of your metrics? And so your Google search console, your page speed is tied into that. Now we can see that uh, you have certain pages trending inside of there. All of these metrics are, are part of your growth and they all need to be paid attention to But I think they're best practices, Steve. I think we can agree that everyone yeah. should be doing this, but maybe they just feel like it's not accessible to them. It is accessible. True. And you're 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 a phone call and an email away. If their developers want to pick your brain for ideas, or maybe even consult with you on kind of the best way to optimize the particular platform that they're on, are you taking new customers? I'm taking right new now, customers. Or? I won't, you know, necessarily work with everyone, and, and I say that because like I want to work with people that are passionate about what they do because. Sure. I know a great plumber yeah. that might want to. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. That's that's awesome. Well, if somebody did want to contact you, what's the best way that they could get a hold of you? Should they stalk you down in these social groups or just go to making8.com? Yeah, email me, making8.com is probably the best way to go. Um, you know, I'm, I'm readily accessible. I love to share and, and, and teach all this great stuff. Um, it's something I do because I love it. It's not just for the money yep. because, you know, there's a lot of things one can do for money. But when it comes down to it, nobody yep. spends their weekends and evenings and trips going to these things unless they love it. Yeah, you got to be really passionate about it for sure. Um, I'd love to do maybe at some point too, maybe we do a future webinar, not just like a podcast, but we actually walk through some of our technical audit so. criteria. I think a lot of the, you know, the developers that have an interest or affinity in search would, uh, you know, would love to see us kind of go through row by row of some of the things that we look at, how we measure, what tools we use. So maybe we'll plan that for a future webinar separate from the podcast. That'd be a lot of fun. But either way, I thought we covered a lot of really yeah. amazing topics. Um, I love that uh, that you're available if people have questions and they want to pick your brain for ways that they can improve and prepare for this page speed update. And guys, thank you so much for listening. And Adam, thank you for, for hanging out with us on the podcast today, man. I thanks really very much it. for having me and thanks for listening, everyone.